What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a very interesting week in golf. Um, we got to watch the goat. We got to see everybody kind of tramp around the uh, the Bahamas and and hang out for a week as the top twenty guys in the field. What'd you think of the tournament? Well, let me just say first and foremost before we get into the Tiger Talk that I'll talk about relentlessly. Yeah. It was genuinely an awesome week of golf. I I typically don't love this week i think it's kind of a gimmick week it's 20 you know i obviously am a tiger diehard i'm gonna watch him at the end of the time even if he's playing at a local muni but it was genuinely a fun week there were guys that performed over expectation under expectation looked beautiful all four days it was honestly just a fun four days of golf in a stretch of month month and a half two months of golf that has been very gimmicky and random. It just felt very nice to see 20 of the top 40 players in the world all in one spot. Yeah, it was it was super enjoyable to kind of see everybody come together and, and play quite well. Obviously, watching, you know, some of the highlights. I think the highlight of it all was seeing Tiger. But again, Scotty really ran away with it in the end of it all, in my opinion, um, on Sunday, which I think maybe buried the, the lead a little bit on that. Um, but overall, a very interesting week. I think you could think of, you know, you got Tiger's appearance. You had Justin Thomas, who started out like plus five on on Thursday and ended up finishing third. Um, a lot, just a very interesting top of the leaderboard. What would you say was maybe your busy, biggest surprise outside of the fact that Tiger walked 18 holes all four days and finished, the, of course, and didn't finish last or or second to last? So yeah, we'll like set aside three minutes for my Tiger rant. Yes. Um, in a little bit here, but I think one of the big surprises was Scotty Scheffler looked freaking incredible putting. Now, yeah. granted, granted, incredible for him putting is like me going out and having 22 putts on a round. It's tremendous. I, you know, I'm just ecstatic. He switched putters to a smaller name. I can't remember offhand. It's like Jonas or Lucas or something like that. Really under under known putter brand that I guarantee is going to pop off in the near future. He was incredible. Yeah. Um, Sepp Straka proving to the world once again, he's either going to finish top five or bottom five. It just holds trend. It's incredible. Just like what you had said, Justin Thomas literally looked like he was playing left-handed for the first hour of his round and then manages to finish top three. But there were guys all across the board. Jordan Spieth looked absolutely incredible. I know I obviously didn't get higher up in the leaderboard, but he's right there. You know, a guy like Max Homa, who proved his chipping is otherworldly, just like what he proved in the Ryder Cup. But then you have guys like Wyndham Clark, who should be top five. Yeah, yeah. that The Wyndham Clark was a tough one. Um, I was a little heavy on him last week because, you know, I figured that this was, a, this was a course that was designed well for Wyndham Clark. And he just didn't really come out firing. Um, he didn't finish last. Will Zalatoris did did a great job of accomplishing that, basically scoring nine over, I want to say, on the 11. Uh, 11 over on the weekend. Was that what he finished? Oh, on the weekend, 11 over total. Oh, uh, he gotcha. finished one under on Sunday. Hey, that a kid, you know, <laughs> I, I, baby steps. Um, but I think I think that does kind of cement the concept that, that Will Zalatoris is going to be somebody that is going to be great to see on a golf course for the next month and a half, two months but probably not somebody you're going to bet very confidently until, I mean, what, waste management at, at the minimum? Yeah, because that's not the highest of scoring of events. I think anywhere where the projected winning is going to be give or take 15 under or less, 
he'll be yeah. a, a legitimate applicant to the lineup or to a bet. Anything yeah. that we're looking at, Min Woo Lee, 28 under, you know, something like that. Yeah. Probably pushed the burner. Yeah, and, and, and maybe not that week specifically, but I'm thinking more so in terms of time frames. That like right around Super Bowl, beginning of February, may, maybe then start looking more back at Willie Z. But for now, I think I'm going to temper expectations whenever I see him in anything else, which may not be much outside of maybe the century in one or two tournaments before then anyways. Yeah, there's not going to be much prior to when we see him probably amp his workload up. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anybody else here stick out to me? There was, a, I guess we'll dig in more of it later. Victor Hovland struggled for all of, you know, th- three days and five holes and then proceeded to shoot about 12 under on, on Sunday and have a ch- He had a chance at 59. You were all over that with, uh, with your text from me, you were like, oh my gosh, she's on 59 watch. Yeah, if you were on a, a minutes restriction with your phone, I definitely blew you up over with <laughs> the NFL success and the golf's uh, success that we were having. Absolutely. So, all right, we'll do this. Um, where do you want to fit in your like 60 seconds of Tiger discussion? Do you want to do it now? Do you want to do it after all of this? Do you want to do it between like bets and winners? How do you want to? I'll just drop it now. Um, okay. I saw a lot on social media dragging him but at the same time also giving will zalatoris the benefit of the doubt like they both didn't give up or not give up stood out since augusta and come back after major surgeries everyone's like oh will zalatoris just came back from a surgery his first competitive round and it's not like hey tiger first competitive round since the same exact tournament that didn't just go through a whole recovery that didn't just withdraw and go through a whole recovery and all these things the fact he was beating a major champion in Wyndham Clark by two shots finished two shots behind Ricky Fowler who was on a mission last year you know a couple shots behind and in some cases competed with other major champions now don't get me wrong he did not look like 2005 Tiger Woods I'm not saying that But the fact that this man is literally fused bone to bone, there's no cartilage in his knees, his Achilles is torn, he's got no ACL, his back is literally fused together. He's 48, he was averaging drives over 300 yards. He looked really good. And I know we have to taper expectations. I understand that. It's not my forte too when referring to the GOAT because I grew up on him. Yep. But the reality is for a guy that's gone through so much crap, Zero competitive rounds under his belt has basically as many surgeries as whoever you like Ryan Shazier who was paralyzed at one. I mean, this guy is like a quarter of a human. Yeah. He put four rounds together. I think that now that he has this competitive round under his belt, four rounds, and he played against the best players in the world, that's not something you can replicate. And he calls it hit and giggle where you're riding a card around. So I think he needs one more competitive tournament in him. And I think it's full swing ahead. Yeah, I I would like a small apology from the community as a whole because I did get a lot of crap last week about, you know, tempering expectations and not putting them in lineups. Um, th- again, 18th is fine, I guess, comparison to, you know, Willie Z, Willie Z or Wyndham Clark, who finished 19th and 20th. But I, I, I kind of knew that this was going to be a, uh, a week where Tiger was going to have to find his game as opposed to climb the leaderboard and finish, you know, top five which is what what some people were were hopeful for, obviously. Um, as much as I love Tiger, I was just trying to temper expectations because in the end of it all, we are a betting podcast. Yeah, I know. I, I Anytime <laughs> Tiger slander goes on, it's like you got to defend your wife or whatnot. But I, I just I have to it. say, 
it doesn't make sense to me how you can slam Tiger on the internet, but give Will Zalatoris the benefit of the doubt, like Tiger didn't have his surgery 96 times. You know, it no, just, no, Willie Z, Willie Z sucked this week. I mean, he really did. He he blew his load on like Thursday yeah. and shot what eight over right on the first day. He had well, no shot. I'm sure you follow along golf Twitter too. It's like, oh, well, he just came back from major surgery. You got to give him time. And then the same person will tweet underneath, Tiger needs to hang it up. Tiger needs to do that. I'm like, you guys are yeah. so, st-. you know what? I think I think part of it is age related because everybody sees Willie Z is like 27, six. He's young. Point being, yeah. and he's got he's got more career, quote unquote, more career in front of him. All right, let's get into DraftKings and FanDuel lineups. How'd they do this week? Uh, we'll start with DraftKings. I had back-to-back winners, which for no. DFS is not necessarily my forte. It's usually in your realm, so I'm really yeah. happy about that. But I mean, that's what happens when you have Scotty in your lineup. You're gonna even 50-50s or whatnot. You might hit the bottom of the barrel on money, which is unfortunately what we did. But yeah. anytime we see Green come back in the checking account, it's beautiful. You know, having a guy like Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, we had Jordan Spieth, all three guys were top six, including a win. Placement points really elevated, especially in such a small field where I had, unfortunately, Will Zalatoris and Tiger Woods. Yeah, that I mean, hey, I'll trade you. I had Wyndham Clark and Will Zalatoris in both DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, again, not crazy good weeks for me on the DFS side, but that's okay. Um, you know, I if I'm missing tournaments... I'd rather miss the hero than opposed to, to you know, a major or any of the other events. So this was really kind of a of a testing week for me just to see where my uh, my allegiances lie. And clearly they lied in the wrong hands this week. Um, yeah, Toma I had in both lineups, T13. Morikawa, both lineups, who finished seventh. Um, and then Wyndham Clark, obviously 19th. Zaltor's 20th. I did have Tony Finau in one. He finished T4. JT finished third. Um, I also had Hovland, another one who finished 10th, and Keegan, who finished 13th. So, not yeah. not not great showing for me on the DFS side, but it's okay because you know my uh, my bets were a little better. <laughs> yeah, and then my fan duel obviously was even better than my DraftKings because I did have Scotty one, JT three, and then I had Fitzy who finished fourth, um, as well as you know Hovland who finished 10th, and um, obviously I'll still had Willie and the Goat. So, yeah. again, green in both accounts. I take that all day, run to the bank, whether it's a penny or a million dollars, still green going in the account, which is what we're going for here. There you go. All right, uh, we'll swing right into bets. Um, I know you had – how many bets did you have last week? I had three bets, and they all okay. ended interesting. Okay. Talk so, first one was Matt Fitzpatrick over Justin Rose. And if you didn't watch Sunday and see Justin Rose basically go for the kill, like it was a Ryder Cup and catch Fitz, he was down eight. To start Sunday, I was going to cash out my bet. Um, and I said, you know what? There's no point. He's down eight, whatever. Guy came back and was within one with a half or like four holes to play with Fitzy's round. It was nuts. It was scary. No, I, I uh, Jack and I last week, we actually had opposite ends of this bet initially because I had Justin Rose out of the gate. Like, I kind of like the plus, he was plus 110. I was like, I kind of like the Justin Rose underdog pick here. And uh, after seeing Jack took Fitzpatrick, I just swayed off of it entirely. And then come Sunday, when it was when it was tight and and Rose was like nine under through like 14 holes, I was like, man, was that have been a good pick? Jack snuck it out and had the nice win, but it was it was extremely tempting to, when I when I looked at it because I was like, oh, that almost would have been a comeback of the century if that hit if that bet would have hit. Oh, for sure. And for everybody, we don't we don't text about notes we don't text about bets we don't text about lineups we literally keep everything in a doc and combine it a minute before we put in the podcast so yeah. when i saw it i'm like whoa let's talk about this really quickly because 
one person's going to win and one person's going to lose. Um, so I'm glad we technically both snuck out a W on that front. But Damn I would have taken immense crap from the group chat <laughs> if that Hundred um, percent. If Fitz, if Fitzy would have done what like Zalator has done, I would have dogged you for a solid half an hour on this podcast. You have to. <laughs> but that was a win. Um, second, I had Victor Halvan beating Sepp Straka. Thought was the lock of the decade. I don't want to talk about it. And then um, lastly, we had Hovland, JT Morikawa, Scotty, or Homa to get the W. Obviously, Scotty did it. Unfortunately, I called out that I was doing half a unit on that bet. So I finished dead even, 0.00 units up or down. Just a net even week. It's like I didn't even do anything. 14.61 units up in 2024, which I will happily take, trying to get 15 by the century. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's 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 impressive that you can get exactly zero units in a week. I don't know if that'll – that is quite the anomaly that probably will not happen for the rest of the year, arguably. Probably, yeah. Um, all right, for my bets, I only had two bets. Um, I did have Wyndham Clark top 10 at plus 110. That was a loss. I also did have a Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas top 10 parlay. Um, it wasn't pretty in terms of Morikawa because I finished ninth, but wins a win. Um, that was plus 130. So I finished one for two, up 0.3 units. So now I am currently uh, up 3.94 units on the year. Um, nothing crazy eventful, but again, four units. We're just crawling our way up the uh, up the green, which is nice. And uh, I beat Jack in bets this week, which is always, you know, a, f- a fun little note. But I can do a little better than Jack did. Uh, you know, point only by point three, but every point three counts. So we'll take it. Hey, point three is thirty dollars. Go get yourself a nice launch right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Everybody uh, who doesn't know, betting one unit is standard a hundred dollars. So just yes. for everybody out there. Yeah, that's fair. If you guys didn't know any better, our one units are the $100 bets. That makes sense. Uh, last week's Which winners... is funny because I need to point out one thing. We're doing $100 bets. At this time last year, Liam was down 14 units and climbed back to positive at the end of the year. Liam was sweating a little bit. So yeah, 3.94 units up right now is making him feel like on cloud nine. Yeah, there was some sweating last year where I was like, man, how much money am I going to lose in golf betting this year? Yikes. And it uh, didn't end up losing any, but it was it was stressful for a little while. So, all right, you want to go winners or wild picks first? Yeah, let's go um, winners because we all had some interesting wild card picks. <laughs> yep. Um, my first winner, Justin Thomas, who finished third. Always going to be happy about that. I know everything's going to be top 20, but – Third in a field like that, especially starting like four over, five over through three holes is tremendous. And then I had a guy dead last, still finished 20th, but <laughs> Will Zalatoris, man, I don't know what the heck they were talking about with course records, guys on fire, guys all this, comes out, shoots 11 over, still love the kid, but. I mean, I mean, course record, not fire is great for like corn fairy tour probably, but I guess we, he was facing the top 20 guys in the world, arguably, so. I guess maybe that's where it's a little different. He couldn't even beat the guy that was ranked like 1700th. Could you imagine that? Yeah, well, the guy who was ranked 1700th just had a few wins in his career. Just a couple. Just a couple. Um, all right, my winners. I had Wyndham Clark, who wasn't much better, 19th. And then he was really my my main choice and the only guy I chose. But I said if you wanted another cheap option, you could have gone Keegan. Uh, turns out Keegan was a solid choice at, at 13th. You also could have gone the guy right next to Keegan, which was Seb Straka, who I missed on, who finished second. Kind of sucks. Um, but 
19th and 13th. Interesting winners picks this week. It's all right. More so than anything else. If you're trying to pick winners this week, you just wanted a, a good option that wasn't going to hurt you down the road when you wanted to pick a nice winner at a major. Yeah. Well, that's why, like we said at the beginning of the week, this is not a tournament to go bet 20,000 units on. Yep. This is a gimmicky field, quote unquote, much like we'll get into this upcoming week. We'll get there in a little bit. Uh, wild card picks. I had one of the craziest ones I think we've ever done. Pavel <laughs> and a JT dual forecast. That did not win. One was close. Justin Thomas yeah. almost kept his end of the deal. Not great. Not great. But that's why it's a wild card. Yeah, I mean, plus 3,500. That one was going to get wild if you won that one. Um, for my wild card picks, I, I, I really had one, but I technically had a second one that I threw in right at the end of the podcast. Um, I threw in Tiger Woods top 10 plus 260. Again, that was more culture. so. Yeah, that was more so a culture bet. Um, just to just to have some action on Tigers. I never have them anywhere else. Um, that one lost, but my my original one that I had was Justin Thomas top five at plus two sixty. Um, that was a nice win. You know, a nice little wild card win. I I'd been on a bit of a cool streak on a cold like a cold wave. Cold wave. Yeah, that's that's the word we'll use. Um, on wild cards, I don't think I'd won one here in the last three four weeks. So Justin Thomas was the nice winner. There you go. Awesome. Well, that was an awesome week. I Like I said at the beginning, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the hero, but this is one of the most enjoyable tournaments I've had. Maybe because of the new schedule. Yeah. It's kind of gimmick, 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 gimmick. Still kind of a gimmick tournament, but loaded with talent. And the world ranking points were off the reezy here. This was double the ISPS, which obviously Minwoo Lee won. Congratulations to him. Yep. Um doesn't make sense to me necessarily world ranking you are officially a joke um that will be another conversation for another day um but that was the hero 0.3 units up on bets two for two on or two and two on dfs to brighter days and better horizons we go here we go yeah uh we're going to the grant thornton invitational this is in uh, naples florida um, this course is a par 72 totaling 7,380 yards. Um, that would be for the PGA players. Um, it's going to be 6,600 yards for the LPGA players. Um, so they will be playing from different tee boxes. Um, last year's winner was actually Tom Hoagie and Sahith Gala. This used to be called the QBE Shootout. Um, it has changed names and sponsors. Um, so this plant, this event is played at Tiburon Golf Club, which has been the home of the QBE shootout for the past 20 years. So same course, just a different name of the event, because obviously um, in years past, it was always two PGA players teaming up together to play. Um, this year, they would kind of style change it up where it's going to be one PGA player and one LPGA player. Uh, round one is going to be played as a pure scramble that will be on Friday. Round two will be played as foursomes or alternate shot. That will be Saturday. Round three will be played as a modified four ball on Sunday. Um, as I mentioned, there are 32 golfers. Uh, so that's 16 teams this week with each PGA Tour golfer being paired with an LPGA player. Um, all, L all LPGA players in this field actually played at this course via the CMC Group Tour Championship. CME. What did I say? CMC, you're talking about Christian McCaffrey. Look oh, at your I, fantasy I, lineup. Yeah, I got football in my head. Uh, you're right. They all played at the CME Group Championship just three weeks ago outside of one or two. And I'll, I'll mention that because I'll kind of go through some of the LPGA players. Um, not a ton of details go on at this course because, again, there are no strokes gained metrics. Um, the fairways are extremely generous here at Tiburon. 
Um, the average fairway width in landing area me- measures about 50 yards. Um, last year, um, Tom Hoagie and Tagala won this event at 34 under par. I think that's not in the realm of possibilities to get back to again. I would project a winner in the in the realm of 30 under to 40 under, especially with the scramble on Friday. I think people are going to go extremely low during that. Um, so that's kind of the things to look out for. Um, I don't know about you, Jack, but I think a lot of the PGA Tour players on this in this event are kind of self-exclamatory. Um, so I'm sure you'll dig more into the PGA side um, and give some details on that. I'm going to give a little bit more of a breakdown on the LPGA side, because as much as you probably want to just put the guys into your fantasy lineups and your bets, don't be afraid to look at the uh, the LPGA side as well. Yeah. So two things to note, too. One, on a betting note. This course will actually host the Chubb Classic in February. So if any guy is excelling here, you notice anybody having a little bit of extra confidence or, you know, moving the ball around, a little bit of a mental note you can write down for a couple months ahead. Um, a couple, like you had said, this is going to be a predominantly Bermuda grass course from basically tee to green outside of the rough. Um, Coquina shell waste will be for the bunkers which is going to be really impactful for the up and downs but not necessarily a statistic you take a look at a scramble format um but this is going to be an awesome awesome event and i think there's going to be some outliers like you'll mention in the lpga tour which for anybody listening that is a casual average golfer stop watching the pga tour and go watch the lpga tour because your game will improve so much more watching them than the guys banging and just trying to scramble yeah i promise you yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. With that, do we want to – how do we want to go about this? Because obviously on, on DraftKings, they have both the PGA and L, LPGA player with the same price point. Um, are we just going to loop to get – like are we going to do a bit of time on both both sides of the coin with obviously the male golfer and the female golfer? Or how do you want to break apart the uh, the ranges? I say we just break it down traditionally by price. I mean if we're doing DraftKings, we can go. It's 10K range, easy enough. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, go for it. Yeah, so it's Tony Finau, Nelly Korda, Ludwig Aberg, and Madeline Sagstrom. So the one thing I'll say, and I know that you're going to touch more on the LPGA Tour, yep. uh, but just in the last probably two months or so, Sagstrom has been one of the most volatile LPGA Tour golfers in modern history. Shout out Seb Straka. Uh, <laughs> sorry, catching a stray. I, I, no, I legitimately have. Madeline Stra- Sagstrom is extremely volatile, i.e. Cam Young slash Seb Straka in my notes. So that you are right on. Go for it. Poor girl. Um, shout out to you. Um, sorry. Top 10s in the year, but 59th in the official world golf rankings tons more value up in terms of what individual players you can get, but the placement points may be really good. Um, speaking more on the men, just cause I know you're going to touch on the LPGA tour. Yeah. Tony Finau, one event this year, fourth in a loaded field in the hero looked tremendous. Um, his worst round was a 71, but there was a couple weather issues that day that, you know, he had to play a butter cut do a cut wind um, or a draw wind rather, just not necessarily perfect. Um, and then Ludwig Aubert, obviously eight for eight on cuts. Last time he played was a win. This guy is looking freaking dangerous. So you can never sleep on Ludwig. I envision him contending in a couple majors, not necessarily the point here, but I think he's probably the second best player in this field overall. There you go. I I love I love Lud, Ludwig this week. So I'm all I'm all aboard any of that pairing that I can get to. Um as far as enough, the number one player in the world that I believe is here is not a male. So we'll I, see. I would, I would kind of agree with you. Um, all right, I'm going to start off with Nelly Korda. Uh, so Nelly has accumulated accumulated eight career victories. 
Uh, she has seven top 10 finishes so far this year. And she was in the mix for the CME group championship here three weeks ago. She finished T8. Um, as far as women go, I think she's definitely one of the more viable options you can choose in this range. Um, her big, the biggest issue just being the fact that she's the tied for the most expensive person here. Um, I do think there's good value down down the field. Um, but if you're like, hey, I want a good, you know, LPGA tour woman in my in my lineup, I think she makes tons of sense at ten thousand seven hundred. Uh, Madeline Sagstrom, as Jack kind of mentioned, she's pretty volatile. Uh, she's, I jokingly am going to call her part of the Swedish powerhouse because both her and Ludwig are Swedish. Um, she, she has been part of the Solheim cup three times. That's the women's Ryder cup. Um, so she's got plenty of experience in this kind of a field. She finished T 16th here, um, three weeks ago at the CME group tour championship. So although volatile, she's played well here in the past. Yeah, I just have to say one more thing. It is a darn shame that Minwoo and Minji Lee are not playing in this event because that would have been an awesome duo. Yeah, this is that's one where I think in the future they they should really look into pairings even harder because that that is one that like there's some parity in there and I think it would potentially get some additional eyes on it. Or even if they're facing one another, like they're both in the field but they got to face off. Yeah, for sure. All right, into the nine K range we go. Yeah, so Stahith Thagala, Rose Zhang, we have Charlie Hole, Justin Rose, J-Day, Lydia Ko. So I'll let you take this one to start off. Yeah, um, I, I personally, I'm going to talk a little bit about it as a whole, and then I'll dig into the uh, to the LPGA side. I love the Sahith Thagala, Rose Zhang pairing. Um, that is going to be our youngest pairing in the entire event. Um, Rose Zhang is 20 years old. Sahith Thagala, I think, is 25 um, don't quote me, but I know with Rojang being 20, that automatically makes him the youngest. Uh, some information on her. Um, she won her pro debut after claiming a second NCAA individual title uh, with the gala. Again, it is the youngest is, is the youngest in the field. So I think there's lots of upside. Um, and she did finish T13 here in the CME group tour championship. Um, this is really your up and coming pairing. I think there's lots of promise in that. Um, and then you go to Charlie Hull and Justin Rose. Uh, so Charlie Hull, Charlie Hull represented England on Europe's Sol, Victoria Solheim Cup team this September. Um, and it was her sixth appearance. Uh, she was also on England's Olympic team in 2016. She did finish 16th here in the um, CME Tour Championship. Again, this is the, the English pairing that I like to, to fully call it. You know, they're both English. They've both been around a long time, respectfully. Um, so that's this is kind of your like old man coocher style play that you would see in like a normal week, in my opinion. And she's uh, eighth in the OWGR. She is eighth in the OWGR. Thank you. Uh, and then we get Lydia Ko and Jason Day. So Lydia Ko is a former number one player who has the most individual career titles in the field. Um, so Ko's from New Zealand and she's won 19 times, including two majors. She actually didn't play in the CME Group Tour Championship event three weeks ago, so this will be the first time she's seen the course in the year. Uh, but when you can, when you combine the pairing of Jason Day and Lydia Ko, there's a, there's a little bit of winning in that pairing. We'll say that. It's the uh, most in the field, for sure. Yeah, so Lydia Ko, outside of the last like three or four weeks, has been extremely volatile. Yeah. So I will keep that necessarily in mind, but luckily this is an adjusted format. Yeah. So Lydia Ko is obviously one of those household names for the LPGA Tour, as you know as well as I do, the rankings and 
popularity contest among the LPGA changes basically daily. Yeah. Charlie Hole is an awesome, awesome golfer. I love her. Sahith Thigal, like like you had said, I think is probably going to be the most owned in terms of DFS play. Really good price. Has proven he can go deep in a lot of events. Uh, Justin Rose, the last time he went out, <laughs> was on 59 watch for a little yep. bit. So you always yep. have to contend with him. J-Day definitely looked rough. Um in Sunday at the Hero 74 and had a 71 opening. So it's a little bit questionable there. But I think if you can get a combination of either Thigala or Zhang and maybe a Charlie Hole or a Lydia Ko, I think you're setting your lineup really well out. Yeah, I think I think that is the uh that is definitely the pathing to get to. If you can if you can th- somehow throw in like a uh like an Auberg and a Thagala or an Auberg and a Zhang and like start your lineup there and get some other heavy hitters here down the eight and nine K range. I think that's going to be an extremely popular lineup. I also think it's going to be a pretty successful lineup as well. Um, so that's something to try and keep your eyes on for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Ricky Fowler, Lexi Thompson. We have Celine Boutier, Harris English, Corey Connors, Brooke Henderson, Lucas Glover, and last but not least, Leona McGuire, who I don't understand why she's in this event. Uh, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I the, the first like five women I mentioned, I'm very comfortable if you wanted to play. I mean, I, I guess Charlie Hull is not the flashiest option, so I get it if you want to skip her. Um, Sagstrom's volatile, so if you want to go her, but I mean, Nelly, Rojang, and Lydia Ko, I ex- respect all of those in terms of options. We're going to get into some ones here where I'm going to be like, hey guys, this is probably not your pick to go this week, and I would, uh, I wouldn't go that route. But d- d- walk, yeah. walk me through the PGA side. Well, in terms of Ricky Fowler, finished 17th at the Hero, barely beaten Tiger, didn't look great per se. He kept getting better as the rounds went along, in my opinion. Um, I don't think that course suits him terrifically well. Yeah. Has had, like what you would describe a couple weeks ago, a little bit of a falling off um, since that you know whirlwind end of last year, barely making – well, I know there was obviously no cut at the Zozo, but he was like outside the top 60th. Harris English goes from Ryder Cup, top 30, injury, 60th, Miscut 60th is questionable as well. Corey Connors obviously is one of the best ball strikers on tour, but we just haven't seen that from him this year. And it's an interesting field to come back on. Um, Lucas Glover continues to improve. Obviously, again, I know the 12th place at the hero compared to 45th at Butterfield is relative in terms of field size has not looked great. The one thing I will say to steal a little bit of your PGA tour thunder is Lexi Thompson should be in a majority of DFS lineups. Yeah, She almost made a cut at the PGA Tour. She's a baller, and she's young. Everybody thinks she's like 45. She's like 28, 29. Yeah. Almost made the cut at the PGA Tour event. A couple, three top tens in her last four events. The only one she missed was the PGA Tour event. And that 6,800 yards is going to look like creamsicles compared to her. She's going to dominate. 6,600 yards. 66. It's going to yeah, look like she, a freaking she's creamsicle. Gonna... Yeah, she's going to crush this week. Um, she is an 11-time LPGA Tour winner, um, two-time Olympian, and has played on six U.S. Solheim Cup teams. That is Lexi Thompson, by the way. I'm just giving some more details. Uh, she didn't play this course during the uh, CME Group Tour Championship. She did almost make a cut at the Shriners, um, which was the PGA Tour event. She missed it on the number, um, which was incredibly impressive, and the fact that it was not an event that 
is an LPGA event. It's PGA. I mean, her main event. cut line was like plus twelve hundred. Just put that in perspective. Yeah, it was crazy. I I put in here. My biggest question about Lexi Thompson is the fact that she's paired with Ricky Fowler and he hasn't played the greatest the last few. I weeks. think it's because they're both Red Bull athletes. I think I agree. I think there was a little bit of a like team like team in terms of marketing. Uh, so I'm, I'd be happy to go to her. I think the biggest challenge you got to make sure is that Ricky how Ricky doesn't potentially drag her down with this with this play. Uh, Celine Boutier, 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 yes, sir. Boutier. It is French. Yeah, she's a five-time LPGA Tour winner and a major champion. She finished T16 here at the CME Group Tour Championship. No, nothing about this pairing of, of Boutier and, and English really stick out to me at all. Um, I think it's a little pricey, personally. I don't um, know. Why it's this high? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think they could have dropped down a little bit farther. I like the uh, the Canadian team underneath them. I arguably like Lucas Glover, maybe not as duo, but but a little bit more than this as well. Um, so I think it's a little aggressive for uh, for that. Then we got Brooke Henderson and Corey Connors. Where did I put Brooke? Here she is. Uh, Brooke Henderson is a two-time major champion. She finished 12th here in the CME Group Tour Championship. They've already had conversation that this is an event that they are looking to, quote-unquote, win for Canada. Um, There will be tons of motivation with Corey Connors and Brooke Henderson. They obviously want to, you know, show out for the masses and prove that Canada is an elite team of golfers. Um, So they're an option where if you want somebody that's got some high upside, I think that's an option. But they could also kind of flounder. Um, obviously, and then we've got McGuire, Leona McGuire. Um, so she's from Ireland. She's had two career victories, including one this season. Um, she was also on the Victoria's Solheim Cup team in September. Um, she's making her second appearance, or that was her second appearance for Europe. Uh, she only finished T36 here, though, for the CME Group Tour Championship. Uh, again, this is an option. This is an option I would avoid, in all honesty, with Glover and McGuire. Um, I think Glover's a great golfer, but he might have gotten hitched to the wrong wagon kind of deal with with McGuire in terms of a partner. Um, I would avoid this. So re- really, I like what Lexi and Fowler, and then Connors and Henderson in this range. Yeah, I think Brooks is going to be a really solid option. Um, not Brooks Kepka or Brooks <laughs> Henderson. Yes. Twelfth um, in the official OWGR, which is the Rolex uh, Women's Golf Rankings. Um, She's been doing pretty good. Um, obviously, she came forward with one of the biggest names of all time, um, outside of maybe a Rose Zhang coming from the amateur leagues, and yeah. has really held her own in a lot of events. Twelfth in the CME, just like what you had mentioned. So, I envision it's going to be a popular. Corey Connors isn't going to slow her down. Yeah, I mean, do you have a, do you have a ranking in terms of these four that kind of come to mind? Um, I think Lexi and Fowler are the two that I would stay alone and go with yeah and then Corey connors and brooks kepka i'm ignoring the other two <laughs> brooks brooks kepka you love to call brooke henderson brooks kepka it's kind of hilarious oh yeah whatever brooke henderson and Corey connors yeah uh i i agree it's it's fowler and thompson and then it's connors and henderson and then i i guess english and boutier and then glover and mcguire i mean those guys are, are 50 50 for me in terms of three and four if you put one above the other i don't blame you so all right into the 7k range we go yeah, Nick Taylor, who's only known for one thing. We yes. have Rioning Yin. We have um, Megan Kang, Denny McCarthy, Joel Damon, Lilia Vu, the number one female golfer in the world. Yeah, she, Lilia is, uh, is is a top golfer for sure. Um, all right, I'm going to start with her. because She's I, almost I, averaging 
one more OWGR. I got to say, stop saying OWGR because it's the RWWGR for women than the next person. Almost a full point. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so Lilia Vu, is, uh, she's won four times in 2023, including two major championships. Uh, Vu was named the Rolex Player of the Year last month. She ranks ninth in greens and regulation and second in putts per round on the LPGA Tour. Um, she was also in the mix here for the CME Group Championships three weeks ago, finishing tied fourth. Um, so she plays this course well, as well as the fact she's one of the best golfers on that is female on the planet right now. Uh, so that's one of the things to look out for. And then we're going to uh, – where's Varun Yin? Oh, I put her in the wrong spot. Whoops. All right. Uh, so Yin won the KPMG Women's PGA Championship for her first major championship of the, of the year. Um, she also finished sixth here in the CME group tour championship. I, I, I think she's a sneaky option with this duo. Um, I think her and Nick Taylor could be extremely dangerous together. Um, and that's just something that that could work quite well for both of them. And then well, who's my last one? Megan, Megan Kang. So Megan Kang won her first career victory this year. She finished T 36 in the CME group tour championship. And in all honesty, in all of my research, you can't find much on her. Cause she's just kind of like there in terms of, in terms of this range, in terms of this range, Megan's great as a LPGA tour player, but in this range, she's just kind of middle, little of the road. There's nothing, you know, snazzy or fancy. It's like Aaron Baddeley in a PGA tour event. You, you just kind of gets lost. In the crowd. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, Megan. I'm sorry. Megan Kang. Let me come to your defense. 14th official. Oh, sorry. Stop saying official Rolex women's world golf rankings. She does a really good in terms of placement points. And yes. if you're doing a lot of placement bets in top 40s, um, when at the CPKC Women's Open, uh, missing cuts at a lot of majors. So pressure, it seems like, gets to her a little bit more than normal, which is, I believe, what you were trying to say, but unfortunately yeah, came out yeah, with the yeah, worst yeah. way I, to say that in human history. Well, all right, that's fair. Sorry. I know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an asshole and a bad person, but I just don't think this is the field that, that Megan King um, – runs with and does really well on. Sorry. Yeah. And then in terms of the men, Nick Taylor, like I said, really only a quote, very stretch household golfer because of the Canadian open. Um, outside of that, he plays fine. I mean, at the end of October, he was playing really well, 13th and 21st, yeah. not necessarily the strongest of fields. I wouldn't call him a really great golfer. Well, let me paraphrase that. He is top echelon of golfers, PGA tour wise, professional wise. But in terms of this field, 7,700, it doesn't make sense for me. Did you see, uh, just the side note, did you see Nick Taylor now as uh, like the face? Official of, logo. Yeah, he's the face of the, what, was it the RSM or was it of the, of the Canadian Open? It's of the Canadian Open. It's of him doing the putter throw. I think it should have been um, the security guard action. Uh, <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Me. Oh, so that would have been know, so Go look it up. Um, then there's Joel Damon, which... If it wasn't for Netflix, maybe on the Corn Ferry Tour right now, he's just mm. really random. Everybody loves Joel Damon, but he goes from, you know, 713th in Sanderson and Shriners, not great fields, barely made 60th in Zozo and finished and missed the cut with 89th at Fortnite. He's just a random golfer and not a lot of consistency, and he even touches on that. So I think at 7K, it's a very, 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 very scary play. 
Joel Dobbins got a little bit of that upside though, because he he comes and plays in these kind of like team styled events where he where he's relied upon. I mean, he does a lot of the gimmicky stuff. If you ever seen him on like YouTube and some of the golf channel, like he plays in these like fluky events and he always plays really well in them. So this not being like an official PGA tour event, this could be the kind of week where Joel Damon's like, Hey, I'm going to go out and give it my all. I'm like, Lilia Vu hates losing. So she might even be like, Hey Joel, I want to win this week. And Joel will just kind of be like, okay, all right. And like, he'll actually put on, he's like, yeah, I'll try hard this week's shoes. Cause I don't want to let this, you know, the, this lady down who's number one in the world right now. So I think there's a little bit of potential there for Joel Damon to really kind of, uh, come together and, and 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 pull something through this week to have a good week especially at 7k i think his price point's pretty good that is a tall order my friend but last oh, but yeah. at least denny mccarthy one of the best putters in the world yeah. one event this year finished fifth i think at this price point it's worth a, a sprinkle especially since he's playing with king um i think it's just a really good spot 7400 not it's a really reasonable price actually comparatively yeah. to some people like i think he should be above mcguire above harris english uh, Boutier, for example, I just, I think this is a really good spot at 7,400 where you can target some DFS lineups. Yeah. I mean, you could have put Harrison, Harris English and Boutier and Glover and McGuire down and down next to Damon and, uh, Lilia Vu. And I think it would have been acceptable for some people, but maybe that's just us. Um, yeah. what do you think, what do you think in terms of McCarthy? I kind of think of for Damon, just saying, mm. I know, I know he's not the same elite putter, but I think, uh, in, ter- in terms of field, it would make sense. So six like K range we go. Yeah, so Tom Hoagie, we have Cheyenne Knight, Russell Henley, Mel Reed, Billy Ho. We have Andrea Lee, Cam Tramp, Cam Champ, and then Allison Corpus to round it off. Yeah, I'm going to let you go through the PGA Tour guys first on this one. Yeah, so Tom Hoagie, just like what you had mentioned, dominated this field last year. Um, outside of that, he's just weird. There's no pattern. There's no consistency. Um, I'm basically going to hold off on him until Pebble, where he's proven he can play well. Russell Henley, um, obviously top 25 player in the world, um, has been playing really well, averaging 102 fantasy points so far. Billy Horschel, just super confusing, and I don't, I don't know how to gauge it. Um, if he's playing on the World Tour or the DP World Tour, he's just a monster. He comes over to America and he's finishing almost dead last. Cam Champ has been really actually pretty solid this year, all things considered comparatively and consistency-wise, which is not necessarily known for Cam Champ. So he's paired with not necessarily a bad pairing by any means, but mm. it's an interesting pairing. I think during the scramble round, I think they may gain a couple shots on the field. Yeah, um, definitely. But outside of that, I just don't see a lot of a lot of value down there. Yeah, that's a that that's a that's a tough one for sure in terms of Cam Cam Champ and, and, and Corpus. Um I know I say your name wrong. I'm sorry. Um as we all know, don't 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 hound me too much in the comments for my for my pronunciation of names. Um for the LPGA side, uh, I'm kinda gonna bounce around. I'll start with Andrea Lee. Um she's paired with Billy Horschel. Uh, she played in her full, first Solheim Cup this year. Um, she's recorded three top 10 finishes so far this season. Um, she did not play well at the CME Group Tour Championship. She finished T57. Um, I think in terms of pairing, Billy Horschel was playing, what, pretty bad, respectfully, outside of the Zozo coming into this event. So th- this is probably a pairing that I would just shy away from as a whole 
personally. Depends if he's in America or not. Well, yeah, I guess we are in Florida, and he is a Gator, so maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll do one of those Florida challenges where he decides he's going to randomly go off. <laughs> um, it, it happens. I mean, as much as we laugh. Uh, next, I'll go to uh, Allison Corpus, uh, who again is with Camp Champ. So Corpus won for the first time this season at the U.S. Women's Open. Um, so that's kind of why she's in it. She's in this field, in my opinion. Uh, Corpus was a member of the U.S. of the U.S. team this year in the in her first Solheim Cup, and went 2-0-0 with uh, Nelly uh, Nelly Corda and foursomes. She did finish T40 here in the CME Group Tour Championship. Uh, so it'll be interesting this week to again see that kind of pairing. Um, and then we have uh, Mel Reed. Reed has been a member of four European Solheim Cup teams in her career, um, the third most among LPGA Tour players in the field. Uh, Mel did not play at this course during the CME Group Tour Championship. But again, I think combining her with Henley, his iron play alone will especially make it interesting for the scrambles. The biggest question will be that Sunday um, for some four ball. Uh, that'll, that'll be the big question. Um, last one is Cheyenne Knight, who again is is paired with Hoagie, who's got some volatility on him, just to say a little. Her? Uh, well, no, no, no. I'm talking about Hoagie's volatility. Oh, I mean, I guess I guess Cheyenne has a little bit. I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> nah, I guess Cheyenne has a little bit of volatility as well. But uh, so Cheyenne won her second LPGA tour or second LPGA event this season, um, and it's one of 12 players in the field who played in the Solheim Cup. She finished T27 here at the CME Group Tour Championship. Kind of a middling pick, but again, I think she's attached to the wrong partner. Um, and being being attached to Tom Hoagie, she is somebody that I'm avoiding this week. That was a lot. I hope you uh, all enjoyed that. I know it's a different breakdown. We don't usually cover the LPGA Tour. Just we also don't usually they, cover everybody in the field. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely fun. Um, I enjoy it. Again, like I said earlier, if you're looking to improve your game, go watch the LPGA Tour. Um, usually, for the most part, it's actually on more than um, PGA Tour in terms of weekdays. So just go on Golf Channel. I guarantee you they're showing it. They are a lot better of um, role models. But besides the point... I will get into my DraftKings lineup. Starting off, you got to go Nelly Corda. You got mm. She's a dog. I love her. 10700 A little bit pricey. A little bit pricey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's some placement points that can be gained there. Sahithi Gala, 9900 I think we're going to have some birdie fest there and probably be in contention. Lexi Thompson, 8900 Dog. I mean, she can bomb the ball. And I think if they get themselves in position, more, I think it's more so going to be at Ricky Fowler than anybody else. Yep. Um, Denny McCarthy's look like a monster to start the year. 7,400. Like I said, really reasonable price. In my opinion, probably the best player in the field, Lilia Vu. You can make the argument for um, Auburg. I understand that. But Lilia Vu has been dominant. 7K, you got to take it. And then I'm taking the flyer. Cam Champ, 600 or 6,000. 6, I think that this is probably a field or an event. Cam Champ has the opportunity to shine a little more. And if he's lowest in the field in terms of price, we can't really do much worse than that. <laughs> so anything other than that is a win. Hey, I mean, go ask uh, go ask Glover last week how it worked out with him being the minimum price. He ended up, you know, making everybody a little bit of money if you ended up putting him in your lineups. Because I think he finished 11th, maybe 12th. I think something like that, yeah. 12th, hey, that's right. You, you'll take it at that point. So you were saying whether uh, Auberg or Vu is the number one golfer in, in, in this field as a whole. I mean, I just took my DraftKings lineup and said, all right, I'll put both of them in. So I'm starting with Ludwig Auberg at 10,500. Uh, second, give me Sahith Tagala at 9,900. 
Third, I took Corey Connors at 8,300. Fourth, I took, um, I, I, again, I sharp pronounced this, this lady's name and I apologize. Um, Run Ying Yin. That's yeah. Good enough. Close. I apologize. 7,700. Well, you um, still say Sahith instead of Sahith. I so. said Sahith there. Oh, did you? Good for you. I'm learning. At a boy. At a boy. It, it just takes about 700 attempts, and I'll eventually get their names right. We'll get there. Um, and then I've got Lilia Vu at 7,000, and I took Russell Henley at 6,500. Into the bets we go? Yeah, I have three this week. Um, I think all are pretty good. It's obviously a smaller betting week. You're going to have to probably use some resources. And if you have different betting formats and different betting apps, which we do, I have some that are IO exclusive. He has some that are Illinois exclusive. So we may have different bets or odds than you may have on like a traditional DraftKings. But my three are as follows. Sahya Thigala and Rose Zhang beating Glover and McGuire. I think this is probably the lock of the decade and it's minus 110. Sahith and Rose are going to go for freaking birdies and Glover and McGuire might just be having 27 year old scotch in the clubhouse right before they get <laughs> out there. So I, I think there's a good chance of that minus one Ted hitting in the odds for Sahith uh, to win over Glover and McGuire were almost double. So it's clearly proven that they believe that it's going to be better for them. Secondly, we have Nelly Corda and Tony Finau and Rose Zang and Sahith Fiala top 10 parlay. Um, only available on one sports book. Um, that's minus 150. I think Corda and Finau are their favorites, right? Last time I checked. Yeah, Nelly Corda and Finau are favorites. And the Gala and Zhang, I think, are, are third behind Auberg. And um, oh my gosh, I'm spacing on her name. Sackstrom. Yeah. Sackstrom, so thank you. I think that's right in there in terms of a really good bet. They just got to beat six teams. So okay. I think it, I think it's a lock. Minus 150. Last one, craziest bet of all time. It's going to be a mouthful, so bear with me. Tony Finau, Nelly Corda, Ludwig Auberg, Sogstrom, Tagala, Zhang, Fowler, Thompson, Rose, or Hull, any team of the five to win is plus 110. Doesn't make sense, but I guess nine teams to beat in a scram or adjusted format, there's a lot more volatility than just picking the top players in the world and calling it a day. So it's only so, the top five teams, right? In terms of uh, in terms of price points on DFS or of um, odds to win. Yeah, depending on the sports book, you look at Glover and Maguire are tied with Fowler and Thompson, but technically it's oh, the top man. five versus the rest of the nine, theoretically. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And those odds were plus one ten. Okay, that makes plus, sense. It doesn't make sense, but yeah, I saw sense. it and I'm like, whatever, screw it. Yeah. Um. Sorry, real quickly, I just realized we did we didn't say FanDuel. There's not actually any DFS for for this tournament on FanDuel, um, so we just did DraftKings lineups and then went straight into bets there. I apologize if you were looking out for FanDuel lineups. Um, if they come up later on after after Monday night, um, then then obviously use your best judgment. But I'm sorry, they are not live at the I mean, time. We just of recording. spoke about every single person, so do with that what you wish. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for my bets, I'm doing two this week. Um, again, with, with it being a, a, a shortened field, I'm not going crazy on bets. Uh, I have Tagala and Zhang top five at plus 130. Um, and then I have uh, Rune Ying Yin and Nick Taylor and Lilia Vu and Joel Dahman top 10 as a parlay. Um, when you add those together, it's plus 130. Um, so again, those are kind of little lower lower tier people but when you uh, in terms of odds to win. But top 10, they both just got to beat six teams. Scary. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. I need one of those to win, and I get another .3 units. That's all I need. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we're just going up increment <laughs> by increment. 
hey, point three every week makes Liam money at the end of the year. That's all I'm saying. So there you go. it's gonna be just a one rent payment at the end of the year. Exactly. Uh, are we going winners or wild card picks first? Let's go wild cards just because they're a little bit out of left field. And again, yeah. the odds and betting and props and line it is so minimal. It's not even funny. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's gonna be a little bit different. But uh, my wild card for the week is J-Day and Lydia Ko at top five, plus 250. They're moving like crazy in some sports books. It's actually plus 150 now. So yep. use your resources, go around and find whatever you can to get the best odds. It doesn't matter what sports book you use, just get the best odds. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you got a you got a steal there, plus 250. I was jealous. If I if I could have gotten J-Day and Lydia Ko top five plus 250, I would have I would have jumped on that in a moment. Um, for my wild card picks, I got Tom Hoagie and uh, Cheyenne Knight top five plus 220. Uh, this team is combined for nine top 10 finishes so far this season. So again, I don't love Tom Hoagie every week, uh, but he does have a little bit of boom bust potential. Um, so a top five, he could totally sneak out somehow this week. I love it, man. This is one of those events. It's it's definitely interesting. I love the fact they're adding it to the calendar. I think it's going to shine a lot more to the potential day, for lack of a better term, that isn't exposed to a lot of the LPGA Tour players outside of Alexi Thompson, Brooke Anderson, or Lydia Ko, who've been involved. I mean, I guarantee you that half the people that are watching this had no idea that Lilia Vu was the number one player for the female side. I guarantee yeah. you it. So it'll be so interesting to see. I genuinely enjoy it. The only complaint I have is that Min Woo and Minji are not in this field because that would have been the dynamic duo of the decade. I, I think as they get farther into this or as they do this tournament year over year, hopefully, you know, it continues off the next 20 or 30 years. I hope they add in a little bit of that parody just to make it a little more interesting. Like, I, kn- I know he never would, but like, could you imagine if like Tiger played in this event with like Nelly Corda? That would be so, that would be wild. Well, he could play, I don't know how old she is now, but his niece was a LPGA Tour golfer. I don't know I if mean, she still qualifies for this event, but I guarantee you if Tiger calls up and goes, hey, it's Tiger Woods, um, here's what's going, not not a question, here's what's going to happen. I'm yeah, going I- to play this event with Cheyenne. Yeah, I mean, like that, like that's the kind of thing where, like, it, there there could be a little more parody in this event, which I think would bring more eyes to it. Uh, obviously, it, it, you know, it being in between Thanksgiving and the holidays, there's going to be a little bit less eyes on golf. So the more eyes you can get on golf through through parody in that sense, is really kind of what we're looking for there. Uh, but all right, I we'll leave you guys on that. If anything, we will see you next time, probably Father Son Challenge, right? Could be uh, next week for the Q School um, Championships at Pointe Vedra. Ah. I butchered that. I am sorry. Um, Corn Ferry event, the field, has not been released yet. That will be released on Friday, but look out for that. Um, that'll be a super fun because, as you know of last year, first couple events of the year that obviously weren't Century and Sony, a lot of those Corn Ferry guys snuck into. So definitely worth paying attention to for some betting advice coming in the next months. Actually, shout out to Taylor Montgomery, who in the first like six months of joining the PGA Tour won us a bank load of money and then slowly tapered off. But wins yeah. a win. Um, Q school next week. And then we jump into it in the new year at the century. I think PNC is also n- next week. So we, we can maybe lo- loop all that in together. I want to say 14th to the 17th. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. 
right? Yeah. PNC is the father son. Yeah, PNC is the father son. I thought, is it really that quickly? Yeah, I mean, hey, right at the start of New Year, then we get into the century. Huh? Hey, we'll, price we'll, we'll a million dollars. Pretty good. B- between Q School and the father son and everything else, there will there will be a podcast next week. We just have to figure out how we're going to work out the odds between those. Because, again, at the end of the day, we are a gambling podcast. So we will leave you on that. Gamble we will see. <laughs> exactly. We, we will see how we're going to go gamble on some 17-year-olds next week on the PNC when they play with their parents. But, no, we will, uh, we will leave you guys on that. Go out there, have a good week, and let's win some money. Deuces. Deuces.